Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. I don't know why in the world I have to follow Holly Miller. I mean, it, he's a he's an amazing pastor, amazing preacher, and uh, but Anthony stuck me in this position. I don't know, but um, it's always not like I said. I want to speak to you this morning on a simple message that I actually a friend of mine, brother Jerry Goff. I want to do this in honor of him because he passed away this past week, um, a year ago. And so I want to speak on uh, this. If you have your Bibles, Matthew 26. Matter of fact, I hope you have three fingers with you this morning because I have three places. Matthew 26, Matthew 27, and 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Matthew 26. I'm just going to open this up here. You can read it out of this. Let's start with verse 14. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him or Jesus to you? And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. And from that time, Judas sought the opportunity to betray Jesus. Let's flip over to chapter 27 here, verse 1. When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Now I want you to leave that there just for a second. And I want you to flip over to another scripture that this is one of my favorite scriptures ever. I just love this verse. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. says, thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. If you have a King James Version, it says, thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift. I have the new King James Version. It says, thanks be unto God for this indescribable gift. How many of you love gifts? Anybody in here love getting gifts? I mean, seriously, everybody loves getting gifts, right? A lot more than you like giving them, I'm sure, but you love giving gifts. Hey, if you have on the front of your chair a little pink uh, slip, this, like a little pink thing on the front of your chair, then you have, you're going to get a gift, all right? If just a little pink, it's a little pink sticker stuck on the front leg of your chair. And what you do is you just peel that sticker off, and that's your gift. You take it home. No, I'm joking. If you have, the, if you have that pink sticker, just hold your hand up like that right there. They're going to bring you a card. It's a, there's one. I think there might be one over here somewhere. There's another one. There's one. Listen, just pick out a good time. It's a, by the way, it's, it's a Chick-fil-A card. I'll be glad to go with you. I'm just saying. It's a Christian gift. Right here, right here. Yeah, it's a Christian gift, Chick-fil-A card. Hey, uh, I heard a story about two brothers. Uh, they were pretty well off, and they were always trying to outdo each other for their mom's birthday, trying to, you know, impress their mom. They were always trying to. And so this one brother came up with the idea. He's like, you know what? I know, I know what I'm going to get my mom. I, I'm going to. I'm going to get her an African zircon bird. It's the most expensive bird like that you can buy. It's the most beautiful bird in all of Africa. It's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. The bird actually spoke three different languages. 
And so he, he sends it to his mom on, his, on her birthday, and about three days later, he calls in, checks on his mom, and says, Mom, did you get my gift? She said, I sure did. He said, what do you think? She said, it was delicious. He, he said, Mom, Mom, you wasn't supposed to eat it. It was, a, it was an African zircon bird. It cost me thousands of dollars. I had it. I mean, the bird spoke three different languages. She said, well, it should have said something. I mean, Hey, by the way, that's as good as the jokes are going to get this morning. If, they, you know, if you want anything else, you'll have to. But uh, most scholars say that the Apostle Paul was about 4 foot 11 to 5 foot 1. Paul, Paul was a Pharisee and a son of a Pharisee. Some have said uh, to be a Pharisee, and I don't know if this is true or not, but most uh, scholars say this, to be a Pharisee, you had to learn the first five books of the Bible. You had to memorize them and be able to quote them. Paul also was a very well-studied man, and he was studied under a renowned, well-respected teacher named Gamaliel. And although Paul was very educated, he was not a man what we call a grand literature. In other words, when he started writing, when he started talking, he just threw it out there. He just, it just came out. And I think that's exactly what happened here when it's with this verse. Thanks be unto God. It really doesn't even fit. He just had to say it. Thanks be unto God for his indescribable, unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. It is believed that the Apostle Paul spoke four different languages himself. Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, and Latin. And yet with his education and his languages, Paul could not find a word to describe the precious gift of God. He says it's indescribable. I mean, creation was phenomenal, but not indescribable. Abraham sacrificing his son was remarkable, but it wasn't indescribable. Moses crossing the Red Sea was magnificent, but it wasn't indescribable. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego coming out of the fiery furnace was impressive, but it wasn't indescribable. David killing Goliath was fantastic, but it wasn't indescribable. The prophecies of Daniel are mind-blowing, but they're not indescribable. The preservation of the Holy Scripture is astonishing, but it's not indescribable. But when you come to the gift of the gospel of Jesus, when you come to, to Jesus Christ and this gift that God gives us, there's no words. Man can't pin it. There's not enough adjectives in Webster's Dictionary to describe the wonderful, incredible gift of God. It's indescribable. I want to I share three very quick things about this gift with you. Right quick. And I know you're going to think, man, I've heard all these before, but I want to share them with you anyhow. Number one, this gift of God is available to all. It's available to all. Now, there are some that say, you know, God doesn't want to save everybody. And there are some to say, you know, that, that, that Jesus came, but, uh, and he's available just for a few, but not for everybody. But I want to read just a few verses here, and we can go over them together and uh, see if it means this gift is available to all of us or not. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever, let's just stop right there. For whosoever, I'm a whosoever. Guess what? You're a whosoever. All of you are whosoevers. Everybody here in the campground today is a whosoever. Everybody outside of this building, everybody inside the building and everybody outside the building is a whosoever. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Going to John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There it is again, whosoever. Eric, that's all good, 
but it didn't mention all the whosoevers. Well, let me take it a verse further then. 2 Peter 3, 9 says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Can you say that word with me? All, all. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I looked at that word all in the Greek. You know what it means? All. It means all. All means all, and that's all it means. My wife uh, bought for me, uh, my wife of 34 years, bought for me at Christmas uh, about four or five years ago uh, um, an Adrian Rogers Legacy Bible. And I love this Bible. I don't know if you know who Le- uh, Adrian Rogers was or not, but he was one, like the prince of, the prince of pre- preachers, the prince of pastors, like one of the greatest pastors to ever live. Uh, he pastored Bellevue Baptist Church over in Memphis, and I'm telling you, man, he was fantastic. And he had what, his name is Adrian Rogers, and, and he had what they call Adrianisms. In other words, he had little sayings, you know, that, that he would say along the way. And this is one of his little sayings. I just want to read it to you. I want you to listen to this. Adrian says this, I promise you on the authority of the Word of God, if you will trust Christ as your personal Savior, He will save you. If you can show me any time, any place, anywhere that someone came to Jesus Christ in sincere repentance and faith and Jesus did not save that person, I'll close this book and never preach from it again. I love that. Jesus said these words, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Jesus said, look, you can't even get to me unless the Father draws you. Well, who's the Father drawing? Some of us? All of us. Jesus said these words in John 12, 32. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. All. I believe God is constantly drawing all men to himself. Who is all? Who is all? Red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in his sight. They're all precious in all races, all tongues, all languages. The haughty and the humble, the famous and the failures, the honored and the ordinary, the notable and the normal, the champion and the common, the outstanding and the average, the rich and the poor, the up and in, the down and out, the big and little, strong and weak, the good, bad, and I'm thankful that he included me when he said the ugly. It's available to all. By the way, there's a new statistic out that says that one out of every three people is ugly. Look to your left. Look to your right. If they look pretty good, guess what? You know, here's the key. It doesn't really matter what you look like. The gift of God's available to you. And I left one out, uh, the young and old. And I just want to say this because I, I love saying it. I was saved when I was 13. My wife was saved when she was 19. Uh, my little boy that was up here a while ago, well, not so little anymore, he was saved when he was 13. My daughter was saved when she was six. Uh, Diana led her to the Lord when she was six. So it doesn't matter how young you are, and it doesn't matter how old you are. I, I, I remember this story, and I hope I remember it correctly, but... Um, 
we used to go to First Baptist, and, and First Baptist used to have what they call Judgment House. I don't know if you've ever, ever been through a Judgment House. It's an incredible experience. If you've never been through there, I highly suggest it. If you can find one, probably can't find anything this year, but it was great before 2020. But anyhow, uh, they had a bunch of them. But anyhow, uh, what it was is, is they have like a, they have a lot of different scenes. They have they would carry they would follow like one girl or something through a bunch of different scenes in a in a in a place and. Then, they would take on the, they had a scene outside that uh, where she had a car wreck and they had like a car that was upside down you know and then uh, they would have a police car there with the lights on and an ambulance car there with the lights on it looked really real and it would take the group of people you know several different groups of people through the whole thing and they would take you out and let you see that scene and experience that scene but there was a 65 year old and a 67 year old couple uh, coming from uh, Ohio. And they were, they were just driving by, you know, just on, on the main drag down through there. And they, uh, they seen all, this, all these lights going on. And so they're like, you know what, maybe, I don't know, maybe we can go over and help. I don't know what's going on, but maybe we can go over and help. And so they, 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 they drove over and started asking questions. You know, what's going on? And so somebody just said, hey, well, this is a judgment house. You know, we're just taking people through these scenes. And they said, well, would, you like, would you guys like to go through it? And this couple went through there. And ended up surrendering their life to Christ on vacation, 67 and 65. So it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. God is calling men and women of all ages unto himself. Charles Spurgeon said these words, Never lose heart in the power of the gospel. Do not believe that there exists any man, much less any race of men, for whom the gospel is not fitted. Aren't you thankful this morning, seriously, that the gospel is available to all, this gift is available to all? I'm so thankful. Listen, not only, though, is it available to all, but it's also affordable for all. It's affordable. Now, it's affordable, but you can't buy it. It's affordable, but you can't earn it. It's affordable, but you can't win it. It's affordable, but you can't purchase it. It's affordable, but you can't accomplish it. It's affordable, but you can't work for it. It's affordable, but it isn't cheap. You see, it costs God his only son. And now it's a gift to you and me today. See, it's not about what what you do is about what he did. It's a gift. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Do you know why he put that in there? Because if we could earn it, we'd, we'd brag about it. If we could buy it, we'd boast about it. If we could accomplish it, we'd brag about it. But we can't. It's grace. Listen. He gave his life for us that he might give his life to us so that he might live his life through us. And that's worth saying again. He gave his life for us that he might give his life to us so that he might live his life through us.
It's affordable. My sister, I have a three sisters, and one of them's a nurse, and one of them's a teacher, and one of them's a, a, a lawyer, and uh, I'm probably going to need her soon. But uh, anyhow, uh, she used to work actually for a judge in uh, Alabama, and this judge was um, over bankruptcies, and she said, man, it, it's unbelievable the people that uh, are just swallowed by debt. I mean, just swallowed by debt. I mean, uh, you know, she's like the, your, the people's houses and vehicles and land, boats, motorcycles, you know, toys and uh, school debt, credit cards. She's seen it all. She said she had one man come in and claim that someone had stole his wife's credit card. And the judge said, well, do you want us to press charges? He said, oh, no. She said, he said, they're, they're actually spending less than my wife. So just leave that alone. Wow, you'll get it on the way home. Anyhow, I know none of you are in debt. But if you were in debt, let's just say you were in debt. You had lots of debt. And you went to the mailbox, and you opened the mailbox up, and in there was a letter from unknown, and you opened that letter up, and it said these words. Listen. I love you, and all your debt's forgiven. I love you, and all your debt's forgiven. Man, I, I, I don't know about you, but I would be doing backflips all the way back to my house. I, I mean, I don't, I don't do backflips, but I would, be doing back, I would be doing cartwheels. I would shout so loud that all the neighbors would know exactly what's going on. I would call all the friends or the friend that I have, and I would let them know that God has done a miracle in my life. He's forgiven my debt, or they have. But you know what? Here, here's the deal. You know what I hold in my hand? It's a love letter from God. It's exactly what it is. It's a love letter from God. And you know what he says in this love letter? I love you. And your debt, your sin debt, has been paid in full. I love you, and your sin debt has been paid in full. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrated his love in that while yet we were sinners, Christ died for us. I, I love this. Elvina Hall said, said it like this, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. It's affordable. Not only is it, is it available, not only is it affordable, but it's also necessary for all. Now, how many of you want to go to heaven? I mean, you know, every now and then you, you see a couple of weirdos that don't. But most everybody wants to go to heaven, Right? Do you really realize what it takes to get there? I want to read, it. I want to read you really quick what it takes to get there. John, John 14, uh, 1 through 6 says this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you there into myself. And that where I am, there you may be also. And then he said this. And where I go, you know the way. And Thomas said, look. God, we don't, Jesus, we don't, we don't really know what you're talking about. 
We don't know where you're going or we don't know the way. And Jesus said these words. Listen, he said these words to Thomas, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hey, if you want to go to the Father, you have to go through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to see heaven, you have to go through me. No one can go to heaven unless you receive the gift of God. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons and daughters of God. You know, we have this uh, idea that um, only really, uh, and, and you know this is true, we have this kind of idea that only really mean people need Jesus. And, and, and they do. I admit it. Mean people do need Jesus. Uh, we were uh, singing back uh, quite a few years ago when, when actually singing was allowed and I had a job. But uh, back at Dollywood like 20, 25 years ago, and um, a couple came through there. And they were truck drivers. I'll never forget it. They were from Largo, Florida. And they came in. And of course, we didn't know that they came in. But they came in. They, they set through a show. And then they bought a CD. And then they went on their way. Well, then I didn't know it. But about three or four weeks later is when I actually met them. And, and they came back. And uh, they came up. And the wife kind of pulled me over to the side and said, can I, can I, can I give, you, give you a testimony? I said, sure. She said, Eric, my husband was one of the meanest guys I've ever met. I mean, he, of course, he, you know, he did all the drink, smoke, cuss, chew, ran around with those who do. I mean, it's just, it's just all those. He was on drugs, and he was, he was very abusive to her, um, both emotionally and physically. And she said, we came to your show about three weeks ago, and we bought a CD. And she said, we were, we were in her trucks, and he just happened to slide the CD in. And, and he said, she said, I don't really remember what song it was, but one of the songs came on, and, and man, I'm telling you, she said, Eric, God moves so strong in our truck, in the cab of that truck. She said, we, we, we pulled over, and she said, right there on the side of the road, my husband surrendered his life to Christ. I have never been around a man who's changed so much as my husband has in the last three weeks. She said, we just had to stop and give you that testimony. See, mean people do need Jesus. But here's the thing. You're probably here this morning. You go, Eric, you know, mean people need Jesus, but you know what? I'm not mean. Guess what? Still need Jesus. You still need Jesus. Everyone has to receive him. Everyone has to have a relationship with him. Everyone who wants to go to heaven has to have a relationship with Jesus. Don't think because you come to church that's enough. Don't think because you're good that that's enough. Don't think you can be Baptist enough. Don't think you can give enough to go to heaven. The only person that can get you to heaven is Jesus. You know, Billy Graham said these words years ago. He said uh, he thought that at least 50% of all church members were lost. Isn't that crazy? 50% of all church members. Now, why would he say that? Because, listen, most people that go to church are going to walk out of here today 
They're going to walk out of church, and they're not going to think another thing about Jesus or the things of God until next Sunday. And then he said this. All they have is religion. They don't have a relationship. Do you know him this morning? You'll have to if you want to go to heaven. The gift is absolutely necessary. It's available, it's affordable, and it's necessary. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.